1: Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. He gave a speech. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God grew and multiplied.
0: What an awful way to go. But God uses it to make a very clear point. We are not equal to him, not even close. And when we allow ourselves to become so pridefully arrogant that we think we are equal to God, we need to stop and check our hearts. As Pastor Robert begins his teaching today, ask yourself Am I too prideful? Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you our web address, podcast subscription information and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor Robert in the book of Acts chapter 12 as he begins his message, Herod Agrippa judged.
1: We're looking at the final few verses, well, almost, Acts chapter 12 has 25 verses, but the 25th verse kind of fits better with chapter 13. We're going to be looking at the last few verses there, wrapping up our study of Acts chapter 12. But you know, as I was preparing this, I ran across yet another article regarding the so-called Equality Act. And I say so-called because it's a misnomer. The, The title itself, the name that they gave it, is disingenuous if it were truly about equality i mean as christians we're told by jesus that we're all from one ancestor and everybody on the planet you know deserves in that sense we're equally deserving of dignity and compassion i mean he's told us in the bible that we need to look out for each other we need to love even our enemies and but H.R. 5, the legislation that they've called it the Equality Act, it's not actually about equality for all human beings. It's about stripping away religious freedom and freedom of conscience in this country. It's probably the boldest and most overt assault on freedom of conscience in the history of the United States. And if you just read what the media says about it, you're not going to see that. But if you take the time to read the legislation for yourself, there's one paragraph that specifically addresses religious liberty. And it basically nullifies it with regard to employment, and I mean, just all kinds of things, but you have to read it for yourself. But the article that I read this week presented the opinion that this attempt to silence and marginalize the biblical worldview in this country might just backfire on the proponents of the legislation. And I was thinking about that. I'm not so sure about that. I don't I don't know. I don't know if that's right or not. But today, in the end of Acts chapter 12, we're going to consider a clear example of the consequences that should definitely be expected by anybody who tries to hinder the work of the Holy Spirit in and through the church. We're going to talk about three things as we look at this passage. The first thing that we're going to look at is the treacherousness of flattery. And we'll talk about what flattery actually is and what it isn't. The second thing, the insidiousness of pride. And again, we're going to define it because it's, I think, sometimes not well understood. And then thirdly, we'll look at the blessedness of persecution. Acts chapter 12, beginning at verse 20 Says, now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but they came to him with one accord, and having made Blastus, the king's personal aide, their friend, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. So on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. He gave a speech. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God grew and multiplied. Now, if you remember the first part of chapter 12, to give you a little bit of background here, King Herod Agrippa... That's who we're talking about. The grandson of Herod the Great, who had been the king or, you know, an appointee. He had the title king, and he was on the throne when Jesus was born. Now, a generation later, but this is the grandson, and he had gotten it into his head to start harassing the church in Jerusalem, so he had James, the brother of John, arrested, had his head chopped off. And the Bible told us there at the beginning of Acts chapter 12 that when he saw that it pleased the Jewish leadership, he scored some political points. So he arrested Peter too. And he thought, I'll do the same thing with Peter. And then an angel came, an angel of the Lord came and miraculously delivered Peter from the jail on the very night before he was going to be dragged before the people and probably would have been killed. So miraculously, Peter gets set free. And so now we're dealing with this with King Herod. Now, the region of Tyre and Sidon was actually in Lebanon. And for centuries, they had enjoyed a trade agreement with Israel. It looks like it probably started under King Solomon. Solomon, if you remember, was King David's son and not long before David died he had the whole thing with Bathsheba and adultery and murder and Nathan the prophet was the one who came and confronted him about that but then later when you know he was repentant that was all dealt with and he said to Nathan at one point i'm going to build House for God. I want to build a temple. It's not right. I'm living in a palace and God doesn't even have it, you know. So I'm going to build a temple for God. And Nathan said, Oh, that's awesome. You go for it. And, and then Nathan walked out, and immediately God said to Nathan, No, no, no. You're wrong. He can't build the temple. His son can build the temple. He can't build the temple. You need to go back in and tell the king, No. He can't be the one to build a temple. He can start preparing for it so that Solomon, his son, can build it. So now David dies. Solomon is, he's ascended to the throne of Israel. He's ready to begin the process of building the temple, but he doesn't have the materials that he needs. He doesn't have lumber. King Hiram of Lebanon had a great relationship with King David. So he sends messengers now down to King Solomon. Probably to congratulate, and the Bible doesn't specifically say that, but you know, he sends these messengers, and Solomon sent them right back to Hiram and said, You know, I appreciate the congratulatory message, but what I really need is lumber. 1 Kings 5 verses 8 through 11 tell us then Hiram sent to Solomon saying I've considered the message which you sent me and I'll do all that you desire concerning the cedar and cypress logs my servants shall bring them down from Lebanon to the sea I will float them and the translation says in rafts but actually what they did was they tied the logs together and made rafts out of the lumber out of the logs so he said, I'll float them down by sea to the place you indicate to me, and I'll have them broken apart there. Then you can take them away, and you shall fulfill my desire by giving food for my household. Then Hiram gave Solomon cedar and cypress logs according to all his desire, and Solomon gave Hiram 20,000 cores of wheat as food for his household and 20 cores of of pressed oil. Thus Solomon gave to Hiram year by year. So this had been an ongoing trade agreement. You know, you send me lumber, I'll send you wheat and oil and whatever. And this had been going on and until apparently the people of that region of Lebanon, they're at Tyre and Sidon, they had done something to really upset Herod Agrippa. He was enraged by something. We have no idea what it was because the Bible doesn't tell us. And the history books Are silent about it as well. So we have no idea what it was, we just know it was a big deal. It was enough of a big deal that now the leaders there in Tyre and Sidon, they all come down, they send these emissaries.